Welcome to Bankless, where we explore the frontier of internet money and internet finance. And today on this episode of our Zuzalo series, we are exploring some new frontiers. New frontiers in new technologies, all of which are poised to completely revolutionize the world and change everything about the operating system that society is currently running. On this episode of our Zuzalo series, we're exploring the frontier of cryptography, which is maybe not as new of a frontier as some of the other ones that we've explored. Yet, nonetheless, the cryptography-enabled future is poised to change the landscape as all the other technologies that we've talked about. I will say that the ZK week at Zuzalu was one of the weeks that I attended the fewest talks and workshops on because, I mean, come on, what am I going to do there? Which is why I pulled in a very familiar friendly face, Justin Drake, to summarize the entire ZK week at Zuzalu in a 45-minute episode. Turns out there's this cool new frontier of crypto called Nova, Nova ZK Nova, which has to do with folding numbers recursively to make cryptography harder. I don't know how to explain it, but that's what Justin is for. But first, before we get to the familiar territory of Justin Drake, we're going to talk to Daniel Short, who's working at a startup in the ZK ML landscape, which has gotten a ton of hype and attention lately. And if you listen to the interview with Daniel, you'll understand why. The thesis is that there's going to be a Cambrian explosion of AI models out there and simply verifying the model itself on chain using Ethereum and a ZK proof can give consumers and users of these models assurances of the authenticity and the outputs of that model. The fact that the input actually went through the correct model and the output is actually verified by the model that you want. Why this is important and what this unlocks, Daniel will explain in the show. Bankless Nation, this one is a doozy, but Daniel and Justin do a great job of dumbing it down for us in this episode. So let's go ahead and get right into it. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Kraken Pro has easily become the best crypto trading platform in the industry. The place I use to check the charts and the crypto prices, even when I'm not looking to place a trade. On Kraken Pro, you'll have access to advanced charting tools, real-time market data, and lightning-fast trade execution, all inside their spiffy new modular interface. Kraken's new customizable modular layout lets you tailor your trading experience to suit your needs. Pick and choose your favorite modules and place them anywhere you want in your screen. With Kraken Pro, you have that power. Whether you are a seasoned pro or just starting out, join thousands of traders who trust Kraken Pro for their crypto trading needs. Visit pro.kraken.com to get started today. You know Uniswap, it's the world's largest decentralized exchange with over $1.4 trillion in trading volume. You know this because we talk about it endlessly on Bankless. It's Uniswap, but Uniswap is becoming so much more. Uniswap Labs just released the Uniswap Mobile Wallet for iOS, the newest, easiest way to trade tokens on the go. With a Uniswap wallet, you can easily create or import a new wallet, buy crypto on any available exchange with your debit card with extremely low fiat on-ramp fees, and you can seamlessly swap on Mainnet, Polygon, Arbitrum, and Optimism. On the Uniswap mobile wallet, you can store and display your beautiful NFTs, and you can also explore Web3 with the in-app search features, market leaderboards, and price charts, or use Wallet Connect to connect to any Web3 application. So you can now go directly to DeFi with the Uniswap mobile wallet. Safe, simple custody from the most trusted team in DeFi. Download the Uniswap wallet today on iOS. There is a link in the show notes. Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle 
Continental Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming, and Bybit for TVL and Liquidity and OnRamps. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xmantle. Bankless Nation, it is ZK Week here at Zuzalu, and I am talking to Daniel from Modulus Labs. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, there is growing hype and attention around this world of ZK ML. Uh, and so we're getting some hypey adjectives, uh, not adjectives, hypey... Uh, letters, consonants. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, letters, yeah. Uh, can you explain the world of ZK and ML to the best of your ability and as short as possible, and then we'll get to why these things are currently getting married in this sure. point in time. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, let's just start with the letters. ZK is the first two. Zero knowledge is often known as an accountability or integrity technology. So it basically tells you that some compute was done correctly. So that's exciting and actually has this odd property where verifying that compute is a lot less expensive than doing the compute naively. So it's often been used to compress uh, information and then in the case of blockchain, bring that information on chain while retaining the security standard. The metaphor we like to use a lot is that it's hard to complete a Sudoku puzzle, but once a Sudoku puzzle is completed, it is easy to verify that it was done correctly. Exactly. And that's just like ZK in its essence. Yes, yes, precisely. That's, that's kind of the most powerful property of ZK in the blockchain context. Kind of what's next then, at least for us, was, okay, <clears throat> excuse me, if this technology can be used to scale blockchains, mm -hmm. what is the most kind of intense or almost irresponsible kind of compute we can throw at this kind of technology? And in terms of the size of compute, it doesn't get much larger than machine learning models. Irresponsible is just, just in like the magnitude of the compute? Yes, exactly. Okay, so you're, you're stress testing the whole paradigm of ZK. That's right. Yes. And that's how you got to ML? Mm -hmm. That's right. Why is, okay, what is ML and why is it so intensive? Yes. So machine learning or just artificial intelligence in general is a process of using an algorithm to approximate human-like decision-making. So think like high semantic uh, output space, right? So uh, I want to look at an image and decide if it's a cat or a dog, or I want to uh, kind of predict what might happen to prices in the future by looking at a lot of data from before. Traditionally, this has been seen as kind of a task for human beings, but uh, ML is this kind of wild regime where algorithms can take the place of human decision-making. And specifically, these algorithms, uh, there's, there, there's a software and a hardware component, right? And the hardware is kind of the clock speed, mm -hmm. how fast this thing can think. And you can throw a lot of hardware at this thing. You, yes. can, you can, and that will get the result faster. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that blockchains, Ethereum, is not, is not something that you go to to do a lot of compute quickly because that is what gas is. That is what yep. gas fees are. That's right. Okay. So like, where does this intersection ha occur at? So like, if, you're, if you said that you want to have this irresponsible use of a ZK proof, and what that means is just like throwing a lot of compute at this thing, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Why is this a real utility? Well, like, yeah. well, why is this actually useful? Well, kind of the, the, the magic is, I guess, the security of the blockchain, right? And the ability to bring compute of any size, but especially in this case, really large compute, up to that same security so that you can ingest AI decision-making into your smart contracts or into your dApps and on-chain services. That, we think, is a really powerful paradigm and something that's now uniquely enabled by the fact that ZK has improved so much uh, and especially, uh, at least in the case of Modulus, with a focus towards machine learning uh, compute. 
Okay, so apps can use AI. Can That's you just right. unpack that a little bit? For sure. Why? It's it's a very general statement. Yeah. Can you make it a little bit more just defined and illustrative? Sure. Of course. Uh, let's take a uh, uh, some kind of DeFi service which has liquidity pools. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they want to rebalance these pools using a really advanced algorithm, maybe something even akin to an AI algorithm. Okay. Currently, all that compute needs to happen off-chain uh, because it's just too expensive to run on-chain. Right. But with ZKAI or ZKML, you can imagine that off-chain compute getting that ZK seal of approval. Mm. Uh, it's like, okay, this compute has been pre-committed. Uh, <coughs> bless you, of course. And using zero knowledge, we can prove that that compute was done correctly, thereby mm. upgrading it up to the security standard of the chain. And it's as though that entire process, in this case of rebalancing the pool, ran naively just on-chain. Why do you need to verify? Why do you need to verify it? Why can't you just run it without actually having to verify it. Yeah, and I guess I'll start by saying a lot of services currently do just run compute off-chain, right? It's certainly a lot less expensive. But I think a big part of why we're in the blockchain ecosystem at all, and certainly a big part of what attracts Modulus, is the kind of security standards that's established by this decentralized, net, uh, decentralized network of nodes and having the social consensus and all the wonderful things we get in Ethereum and some other chains as well. And so we want to make sure that the services that write on these chains, that buy into the security ethos of the chain, gets to participate in that fully, even as they take on bigger statements of work when it comes to compute. So if I'm a dApp or I'm an on-chain service and I want to use AI, maybe I don't have to give up on the security that my customer and maybe even myself, I expect out of my own service. Okay, so the, I think the reason why this whole area of focus is getting so much attention, uh, ML, machine learning, mm -hmm. ChatGPT has just like elevated that into the stratosphere. Yes. Uh, ZK on the crypto side of things, uh, the, the theme of ZK week was how fast and compressed and yes. capable some of these ZK circuits are becoming. Yes. And so on one side of things, we have the growing Cambrian explosion of AI getting large in capability. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, we have ZK decreasing uh, which was what ZK does, yes. decreasing complexity and and simplifying compute. Yes. And so, like at a high level, at a just like broad stroke, you can see how these things kind of would work together. I'm guessing, without um, knowing too much about this, kind of naively, that the idea of putting uh, an AI on chain mm -hmm. implies that there's going to be tons of AI models, like generalizable, any any kind of model that you can think of that an AI would be able to produce for, I don't know, uh, DeFi liquidity comes, comes to mind, but like literally anything. Sure. And then the idea is that with uh, ZKML, you get to verify the, uh, the actual model, the external model that I'm assuming many, many people are going to work on, like individual models. And we want to make sure that that is the actual model that we are running on chain, exactly. and that is that's the zk component. Yeah, you got it. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, sure, it's DeFi and certain market uh, mechanisms potentially, or maybe moving users' uh, funds, of course, or crypto across different chains to optimize yield farming, or even NFTs. Right? Let's say I want a. Uh, a machine algorithm to output pixel art or any type of uh, generative art, but I want to know that that piece of art actually came from the algorithm that might be really valuable, right? Mm. So ZKML is a way of extending that kind of cryptographic promise of authenticity to all kinds of uh, uh, AI outputs specifically. Um, so, you know, I guess the possibilities are, are substantial so long as we can get the tech right. And obviously all the acceleration on the ZK side really helps with that. So I'm just going to like list off a bunch of models that I can think of. We got like uh, chat GPT is the big one, GPT4, mm -hmm. um, Mid Journey, 
Um, so what, what are some other ones that, that are out there? Like we got we got um, uh, Bard. Sure. There's yeah. all of these models. older models like Bert, mm -hmm. right? Recommender models, mm -hmm. uh, generative models uh, that output uh, pixel art, GANs, generative uh -huh. adversarial networks, as well as uh, maybe more subtle models like uh, anything from uh, uh, you know a game that uses a, an agent, right, an AI agent uh -huh. to simulate NPCs, uh, to uh, something more kind of outlandish like uh, like an LLM that maybe predicts uh, investment decisions or things like that. So um, perhaps one model is in the gaming world sure. is something that uh, is uh, generatively producing a landscape. Sure, and yeah, that, that is a model. Yes, and maybe this applies in the world of uh, for people that are familiar with Dark Forest. Sure, totally. And we need to make sure that we're playing a game that has a specific model. Yes, to define the landscape of the game that we are playing. Exactly. This is an example of a model. Yeah, that that's great. And and the counterparty risk here is bigger than just swapping out the models. It's swapping out the output entirely. Mm. So let's say you have uh, an AI responsible for the landscape or the weather or the in-game economy or it's like a almost like a god role in your game right um, if you know I as the operator of the game or the developer uh, is biased to let's say penalize David's camp or David's planet right we're gonna nuke your planet from orbit via the decree of the galactic government mm. uh, and there might be enormous financial stakes to these in-game economies that's like a devastating result right. and so in the same way that it's a rug pull it's a rug pull right. yes and so in the same way that blockchains kind of extend this, uh, this veil of security, or this, this promise of security, rather, to all, everything that's on-chain, we want to make sure that keeps being the case even as we want to bring AI kind of feature sets on-chain. Right, okay. And so, like, just going further, like, we got yeah. a, the AI generative landscape, and uh, you also have, like, the models of AI NPCs. Sure. And, like, I could just think of any, it's kind of fun to think of, like, what AI models could become. But yeah. I think that's kind of the point, sure. is that it's so generalizable, right? Yeah. And so, uh, AIs, uh, we're about to get into AI week, uh, lots of AI talks happening right now. There's a talk of generalizable AI, sure. like, artificial general intelligence. But then there's also the topic of, like, narrow AI. Yes. These are both models, yeah. right? Like Alpha Zero is a narrow AI about chess. And then we have more generalizable AIs that we think are coming or word are coming, also a model. Uh, and so uh, the, the landscape of models, which is a, it's one of those words that you don't really understand until you see how generalized mm -hmm. it is. The, the growing world of AI is generalized models for stuff. Mm -hmm. and, I, and then the ZK element allows it to take the soul of that model, of a particular model, and, and place it on-chain to become an on-chain resource. That's right. For the rest of the blockchain to ecosystem to use. Exactly. And it has all those properties that we love so much about things being on-chain, including it's composable, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously high security, mm. uh, it's in some sense really attestable and referenceable. Um, all these things that you know are makes the chain kind of a wonderful environment, you kind of imbued that AI compute, which previously was just in a black box somewhere. And so, like, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, the composable part gets mm -hmm. really, really cool because then you can create some sort of system that create creates a world of models. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where, where is the utility coming from first? Like, so if there's, mm -hmm. the, it's exciting to see all this possibility. Sure. What's the lowest hanging fruit? Where yeah. is going to get built first? Yeah, great question. You know, there's already kind of prototypes, including ones that we've built and, and others as well, kind of exploring. It's still a very nascent category, right? Everything from, you mentioned this briefly, but like chess engines, right? So we brought a formula and parameter chess engine on chain, and now players can stake and bet against a chess engine, knowing full well that they're always playing against the same AI model, right, right, and in yeah. no way can Modulus or anyone else swap out the results of uh, this particular chess engine by calling up our friend Magnus and saying, hey, Magnus, what move would you play? Right. Yes. Uh, but you know that's just where we're starting. Uh, we're also starting a ZK GAN project, so generative art. And of course, uh, we're kind of marching towards that LLM goal 
Uh, but there's a lot of kind of space in between that, of course, right? Again, I mentioned like recommenders earlier. There's a lot of use cases for just any amount of personalization when it comes to the chain, uh, but still at the kind of security standards we want, right? If you have a social media feed, but you want to know that the same algorithm that drives the equitable results you see on Daniel's feed is the same one that David sees, then uh, ZKML can play a really, really key role there. So, okay, at, at Modulus Labs, uh, mm -hmm. what, what's the current, what are you guys focusing on right now? What are you guys, what's the current uh, bottleneck or constraint or problem that you guys are currently solving? Yeah. Like, where are you, where, where are you in the roadmap, I guess? Is the yeah, question. yeah, great question. So, uh, you, you kind of alluded earlier in, in the ZK week, right? We're seeing kind of the ZK overhead come down substantially. Mm. And that is amazing and obviously very helpful, precisely because at the top we mentioned that AI is like a lot of compute. It's almost irresponsible. Right. Uh, I think the exciting here is that our job's almost easier because AI as a class of compute is really structured, really repetitive, and those things, those like properties of that compute allows us to make the ZK stack much more efficient. Yeah. Right? In some sense, almost like you've down-selected to a more specialized class of problems that gives your ZK prover uh, a lot of space to be more efficient and kind of take advantage of that structure. And so Modulus, kind of what we work on for the most part, is making the proving stack significantly more efficient so that we can bring much larger, much more expressive models on chain at still that same security standard. Okay, so this is what your guys' technology is. You guys aren't you guys aren't bothering with the AI world. You're not here to build AI models. That's for the AI industry. That's right, yes. You're here just to build the bridge to be able to verify models on chain. Exactly. And so you guys are operating in the in the ZK world. Precisely, precisely. You got it, yeah. Okay. Uh, sounds ambitious. Uh, we do our best. Yeah. Uh, there, how many of there are, are, are there? How big is Modulus Labs? Modulus Labs is currently a very proud four people. And when did you guys get started? Uh, about seven months ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where did the original inspiration come from? Was there like an aha moment? Uh, or how, how did the team come together and what was the, the motivation? Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound a little ridiculous, but of course, there was all this kind of excitement around stable diffusion and generative models. And around the same time, we kind of fell in love with ZK and we kind of started asking ourselves the question of, hey, kind of what would we want to build here, right? And the background of the team is all like AI researchers from Stanford. And so it was almost a kind of an obvious thing. Uh, we kind of asked ourselves, oh, how silly would it be if we like put a very non-performing AI model on chain to, I don't know, let's say predict ETH prices. So that's what we did. We built the world's first on-chain AI project as a joke. Uh, we hacked it over uh, or hacked it together over a week. Uh, and it started predicting prices of ETH and making trades on L1 with uh, a Uniswap contract. Um, it's a joke, right? We, we did this purely as a proof of concept. We the, the point was not to make money on ETH. I don't, no. think, I don't think the goal was to make money. That, that wasn't the goal. No, no, no. It and, was just an idea. And this right. model would not be able to do that, right. to, to, to clarify. Uh, but kind of, uh, and I guess just to really nail that point home, we didn't put a call function in the smart contract. So like mm. once money went in, we put in like 500 bucks, right? Um, no one could touch it, us included. Uh, uh. Uh, but kind of something miraculous happened, which is lots of randos on the internet, Anons uh, included, started donating money uh, to, the, <laughs> to the trading bot. And if you look at the kind of historic performance, there's like a front end, it kind of goes up into the right. right. It's not actually doing, that's just like buoyed up by the donations okay. it was okay. getting. Okay. Um, and of, of course, eventually it lost all everyone's money, uh, as we've been telling very right. kind of transparently. Uh, the alg their algorithm failed to produce more ether. It did, uh, yes. But it did uh, succeed at being an algorithm on chain. Exactly. And which was the point. Precisely. And kind of there was no nothing that the Modulus team could do to, again, tamper with anything that it, it's kind of like an, imagine like an autonomous robot just executing forever. Um, <laughs> so kind of from that point, we were like, oh man, what if we brought an actually performant model on chain? Imagine how cool that would be. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 
there's there's two worlds that I see spawning here. Mm -hmm. There is uh, the insular world of crypto, yeah. who's like, oh, we could build models to do things inside of the crypto world. Yes. And then there's external uses that need to verify models yes. and their execution off chain. Yes. Is, is, is that can you talk about how these two worlds might develop independently? Yeah. Uh, exceptional kind of insight. Uh, you're totally right. And and that's kind of how we see it as well. Uh, in in some sense, the crypto world is a little more convenient because. Um, you know, there's already kind of a cultural expectation of compute integrity as a really core value, right? We want to see that as much of the compute that's related to our dApps and on-chain services are on-chain as much as possible, right? Uh, this is kind of the, the excitement that's driving all the ZK rollup uh, kind of activity. But of course, uh, the question is what happens when you step beyond the on-chain world? Does the rest of the world care about verifiability? That this algorithm was the one that made that decision, right? Mm. And you can imagine uh, in a, a future where the judicial system uses uh, large language models to make decisions about sentences, uh, God forbid, or uh, a medical system that uses a, a very sophisticated AI model that determines certain medication treatments. These kind of intersections are really sensitive where liability is a big concern. I think verifiability is going to be a big deal. And what's cool is we get to get that flywheel started, the cultural appetite for it right. in crypto, uh, and really kind of hopefully build up a really strong kind of um, almost a, 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 a strong example of what it's like to be able to attest and, and make our algorithms accountable. Uh, and then we can communicate that with the rest of the world. But Modulus right now, we're very much focused on crypto uh, with kind of an eye to the future. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, but but knowing what the eventual TAM would be, especially as the TAM is likely going to grow as AI grows, right? So the the uh, mental model I have is like that little like SSL certificate, like sure. the little shield in your... Yes. It's, this, it's kind of like that. It's it like is. Prove this model that you're using is proofed. Exactly. And, you know, like, thumbs up, go for it. That's like, right. Rug pull resistant. Exactly. Or a rug pull immune. Um, I would imagine that like as uh, all of the AI people that are over there talking about AI doom, uh, they're, <laughs> they're talking about like one of the paths towards AI doom. For, first, before doom, we get to AI fun times. And yes, so that's in the, right. In the AI fun times, uh, you know, an explosion of models, an explosion of usefulness, an explosion of human productivity and flourishing and wealth generation, precursoring the, the inevitable blow up. But before we get there... It's a world that we like live, the humans live on models. Yes. And our life is guided by models and determined by models. Yes. And so with that Cambrian explosion of models, I would assume that the surface area for rug pulls yes. also grows. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually kind of terrifying how big the attack vector can be for uh, you know, generating catastrophic results in your AI models, right? There's a kind of classic example of a, a vision model which sees a stop sign, and you go in, or a picture of a stop sign, say, and you go in, you put three pieces of tape or manipulate some pixels in, an, uh, totally, in a way that's totally uh, indecipherable to the human eye, and it thinks the stop sign is a, you know, a go sign, or God forbid, is, is a toaster, you know, anything, right? right? Um, these AI models do have very substantial kind of adversarial environment or uh, attack vectors, and uh, it's, it's a little scary for sure, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're helping secure our future, which sounds pretty important. And also it's like making it, it's just like trustless. There's many different aspects of AI, and this is like yes. one way to make AI applications safer. It is yes. not, it's not the AI safety conversation, but it is part of it. Right? Yeah, I mean, the way I like to think about it is, you know, you have uh, all kinds of different models, and your model might be more explainable, more robust mm -hmm. to attacks, mm -hmm. uh, more equitable, right? Uh, it, it doesn't bias for a specific political allegiance or anything else, right? And these are amazing attributes and very hard problems that people are actively working on. But without verifiability, right, without the ability to pin down that model, um, at any given instance of use, you can swap out 
that right. fair model, that robust model, right. for a different one or right. for no model at all. I can just be feeding it any answers I want as the operator. And so in the same way that uh, the security center of blockchain is that it's all there, right? Like you can just go uh, into the ledger and see exactly the transactions. We make sure that the algorithms have that same kind of quality. Right, and so the one, the insular way of using this technology is that we get smart contracts that are AIs that get to do things on chain, and that's going to be pretty cool and tight. And I don't even know where to think about how to start thinking about that. But the outside world is at that point just using the blockchain as like a timestamping tool, correct? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, the blockchain is kind of this amazing environment where. Uh, pu uh, public verifiability is mm -hmm. like so obvious there, right? Mm -hmm. And so it could be this amazing kind of settlement arena for the world's compute. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in a world in which uh, we are probably are going to be using AI models, and we're probably not going to think about the rug pull surface, surface uh, area, sure. right? Yeah. And so like humans, when, uh, when we use these things, we're going to assume that they're the things that we want them to be, mm -hmm. and so we're not going to be looking for the rug pull. Mm -hmm. And this actually, this technology actually allows us to be cozy as we use these models. Yeah, in some sense, and it's a little insidious, um, these models are very sticky. They're, they're incredible, right? They're very personable, uh, magical kind of uh, features that we can add into every part of our compute diet as a society. And of course, while that's happening, we're very quickly expanding the surface area of potential attacks. And you know, the, the goal is to make sure that before we have that catastrophic outcome, right? Before somebody gets really injured or a lot of money is lost because of the widespread use of large AI models, uh, that we have that accountability piece in place, along with all the other AI safety technologies. Yeah. Right. Uh, Daniel, I would imagine that this conversation just about ZK, ML, what we're talking about here can go on and on and on and on and on. It definitely can. Yes. Uh, what, what parts of the, what are, are there any big parts of the conversation that I haven't opened up yet? Uh, good question. I mean, uh, every part seems like it's, it's filled with potential, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but something that we spend a lot of time on, for example, is, and this is going to sound like the opposite of the kind of aspirational, exciting thing that's happening, is the literal cost of doing this process, of running these computes, uh, or these uh, very, uh, this very expensive class of compute in a zero-knowledge setting, and making sure that, although we're excited to kind of have our heads in the, in the sky, uh, we're kind of marching towards uh, real implementation, real use cases, real customers, right? So, uh, you know, it, it starts with working with folks like WorldCoin on identity verification, uh, or, or self-custody of biometric information, mm -hmm. all all the way to games and DeFi protocols, and of course, uh, NFTs as well, to kind of push the envelope on accountability for machine intelligence, right? So, um, you know, we have this kind of bigger thesis, but uh, at least for Modulus, and I think the category in general, this nascent category, we want to make sure we march to the beat uh, of, of kind of uh, real, you know, impact, right? Making sure that it's actually making a difference uh, in the ultimate lives uh, of these service providers. The phrase accountability for machine models, I think, is going to be something that really uh, resonates with a lot of people, even at just like the, the cursory level, yeah. right? Uh, AI has, is going to and has triggered just like a lot of people's just like the, the hairs on the back of their neck. Sure. Uh, and so just as a branding, it's yeah. like, hey, we're helping AI, AI uh, be safe. It's like a really good branding to lean into. <laughs> well, kind of what's exciting, of course, uh, is beyond just the branding being kind of very appealing for sure, is that this is, uh, you know, I, AI researchers are not going to love kind of the way I phrase this, but I almost see these technologies with personalities, right? Um, AI is this like very expressive, creative, like infinite potential, very powerful. But cryptography is very humble. It's very discreet. It says, this is the statement that I can show with pure mathematics. And, you know, this is kind of the, the, the kind of claim that I'm able to make and no more. 
And so being able to marry these two things, which have quite a bit of tension by their nature, is something that's like deeply exciting for, for certainly me and I think the, the whole modulus team, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you use that word expressive, which is like one of my favorite words. Sure. Uh, and, and we have all of this explosion of AI models who ha that have all of this power yeah. and personality that, yes. you, that you're saying. And I think like maybe adding in that ZK, the ZK uh, circuit component mm -hmm. also adds in just like a stamp of authenticity. Yes, right. precisely. Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, you mentioned the little, little, little check mark or right. it's like a Twitter verified check mark maybe back in the day when that was uh, more substantial socially. Uh, <laughs> but having something like that for your models, right? for your AI models or for your, your, any mechanism that is you know, sophisticated compute, right. precisely. Daniel, I've learned uh, quite a lot. Uh, where should listeners go if they want to continue going down this knowledge rabbit hole? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, not to show our own stuff too much, but Modulus Labs, uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, uh, we try to put out decent content. Um, and of course, yeah. I watched your guys' first video on the Scroll YouTube, and man, that that broke my brain. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's you know all parts of the stack to enter. We're very technical to kind of more philosophical, uh, but we want to make sure that kind of we meet people where they are because it's really cool, and we want as many people kind of uh, to be in uh, in the know about this stuff and kind of be part of this movement for your words now accountable machine intelligence. Love yes. it, love it. Daniel, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yes. MetaMask has something new. Introducing MetaMask Portfolio. MetaMask Portfolio is the best way to view your crypto portfolio from a holistic level. See everything across all the chains all at once. In your portfolio, MetaMask will report the aggregate value of all the assets in your MetaMask wallets and even the other wallets you import too. But MetaMask Portfolio isn't just a passive portfolio viewer. It is a place to do all of the money verbs that make DeFi so powerful. You can buy, swap, bridge, and stake your crypto assets. So not only is MetaMask the easiest place to see your wallets in aggregate, but it's also a powerful battle station for all of your DeFi moves. So go check out your MetaMask portfolio because it's waiting for you to open it up. Check it out at portfolio.metamask.io. Arbitrum One is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum One, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum One and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. Hiring people worldwide, paying them in crypto, providing them access to benefits, it all is so complex. But it doesn't have to be. Complying with labor laws, payroll rules, tax obligations, and crypto regulations in every country that you employ someone is difficult, time-consuming, manual, and costly. And it's drawing more and more attention from regulators and governments. But there is good news. Toku is here. Toku is the first employment and compensation platform for the crypto industry that makes this easy. Toku helps you hire employees or contractors and pay pay them in fiat or crypto legally, compliantly, and with all the taxes handled in over a hundred different jurisdictions. So whether you're an early stage company with just a team of two, or you're an enterprise with 200, Toku has a solution that meets your needs. Toku is already working with the leading companies in the space, Protocol Labs, Hedera, Gitcoin, and many more. So transform your employment and token payroll operations with Toku. You can reach out to Toku at toku.com bankless, or click the link in the show notes. 
Bankless Nation, we are here at Zuzalu, and I'm talking with our good friend, Justin Drake. What's up, Justin? How's it going? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me again, David. Uh, so this is ZK Week, a Zero yes. Knowledge Week. This is I've hopped into two talks trying to understand what's going on. Um, I stepped in to the talk, uh, and uh, it started to break my brain, and I did not. <laughs> nothing went in. And so uh, as someone who is both a cryptographer who's on the frontier of cryptography, yet also understands how to explain these things to a more general public. I'm hoping you can kind of help me understand what the hell is going on this week. Right. So I actually took a bit of a break from crypto, a one-year break more, so, more or less, um, going into MEV. But, you know, I've been getting back into things in the last few weeks. Oh, by crypto, you mean cryptography. By crypto, yeah, I mean cryptography, okay. yes. <laughs> and um, it turns out there's been a ton of progress around this thing called Nova. Uh -huh. um, now, Nova is kind of this uh, idea which started in uh, two years ago, in 2021, uh, by a, a paper written by, by, by Srinath uh, Sati. And basically, he came up with this op prover optimization for snarks. So one of the big bottlenecks in snarks is the ability to prove very, very big statements with, you know, small amount of computational resources and also with low latency. Right. And just, just to, uh, snark is just like a compression technology. It's, it's, it's a ZK. It, it's exactly, it, okay. it's a ZK proof. And the, the thing that we're very, very good at is getting the ZK proofs be extremely small mm -hmm. and extremely easy and fast to verify. So that's on the verifier side of things. And now a lot of the work now is on the prover side of things. Mm -hmm. We wanna generate these proofs in the first place. And you know we can do proof for simple statements, uh, You know, like in the context of Zcash, I'm making a valid payment. Uh, but we want to be doing things like um, you know, ZK rollups. Mm -hmm. And here we have massive statements where we want to prove that a whole Ethereum block is valid. And a lot of the complication from an engineering perspective stems from the prover side of things. Okay, so just to make sure I'm, I'm with you, we have the technology to take a bunch of data and compress it into a really small packet of data. Yes. We don't have the technology to do that fast and cheap and quickly, right? Right. Well, maybe now we do, or at least we're, we're getting there. That's what we're talking about. That's what's being talked about here. Exactly. That's the, that's the cool frontier that we're on. Yes. Okay. So there's a whole class of snarks that are based on so-called curves or elliptic curves. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the Nova techniques are on the order of 10x faster than the previous proof techniques. Nova is the cool new thing that, that people are discussing It's a cool here. new thing, yes. And the, 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 the generic term is called folding. Uh -huh. And the reason is what you do is that you're going to take structured computation. So instead of taking this huge unstructured statement, you're going to take very, very structured statement and try and fold the various steps into each other. And this folding process is much, much cheaper than, than snarking. Now, what do I mean by structure? Imagine that you have a CPU, right. and every cycle of the CPU, you know, CPUs run, for example, at three gigahertz, three billion instructions per, per second. Every cycle is this structured thing mm -hmm. that can be folded in, into, it, into the next step. And then ultimately- By structured, do you mean like serial? Like, like linear? Like a step by step by step by step? Yeah, so what I mean is that you want to prove a very big statement uh -huh. that can be broken down into steps, uh -huh. all of which have the same format or template. Okay. So they still all have the same length and they're all proving something same. Okay, here's an example. BLS signatures. Mm -hmm. So we all know that BLS signatures is one of the big optimizations that allows Ethereum to have half a million validators. Right. The next is the thing that brought the validator requirement from 1500 Ether per validator down to 32. 
because it was a very compressed piece of this of a previous technology. Exactly, and and what does BLS aggregation allow? It basically allows you to take let's say 10,000 BLS signatures and fold them into onto each other, such that if you verify the folded thing. Uh -huh you've proven that all the other unfold, 10,000 unfolded signatures are also valid. And just to put numbers on this, it takes about one millisecond to verify a signature. Mm. So if you want to verify all 10,000, it will take 10 seconds. Right. But if you want to verify the folded one, that takes on the order of, of you know, one millisecond. Okay, so some of the detail, the deep down details I don't get, but the patterns I think I'm understanding. Whereas if you tell me it takes one millisecond to verify a BLS signature, and then if you want to do 10,000 of them, well, that's, it's a linear. It's linear up to 10,000. It's linear, yes. And with this new folding mechanism, like there's that meme of this, like you can't fold anything in the universe 12 times because it's too exponential. Mm, right. Right. And so I understand that. I understand exponential curves. And so it sounds like we have a way to do something previously linearly that we now have something, a new way to do it, and it's exponential. And so it just gets that economies of, it gets the scale of an exponential curve. Is that, is that a way to understand it? So we basically have these two tools at our disposition. You can mm -hmm. think of like the high-duty power machine that is very expensive to use, and we have the hammer. Mm -hmm. Both of them can get the job done, but one of them is much, much cheaper to use, and the hammer turns out to be about 10 times cheaper to use. So mm -hmm. it is a constant optimization. Um, we, we do know how to, how to make snarks that are linear time, mm -hmm. in the sense that the, the time it takes to do the proving grows linearly with the size of the statement. But, but now we've actually reached a point in the maturity of snarks where it's, it's, it's a game of constants, and at least for elliptic curve-based snarks, Nova allows us to get this 10x boost uh, mm -hmm. relative to the status quo. So what, what does that mean for crypto, cryptocurrency? Like, what does that mean? What, why do we care about this? What, how does this really benefit? We, I, we are, enjoy things that are cheaper and faster just implicitly, but right. how does this impact our lives? Right. Um, so I guess one big thing is it's going to make it easier to deploy rollups on mass. Okay. ZK rollups specifically. Okay. So this is a democratizing technology for deploying ZK rollups. Yes, but it's also the key to getting decentralized proving. Now, okay. what, what do I mean by decentralized proving? I mean two things. I mean, first of all, the, the lowering the barrier to entry in terms of computational resources. So right now, if you want to be a prover for a ZK rollup, you need to hire some sort of rack in a data center, lots of compute. And it is not really friendly to doing so at home. Mm -hmm. So imagine you know, a small box at your home and you can be a scroll prover or whatever it is, ZK sync prover. Um, the other interesting thing about Nova is that it allows for decentralized proving, which is kind of the next step after distributed proving, which is the next step after parallel proving. So let me try and explain. Cool. So um, snarks are very parallel friendly in the sense that if you have multiple CPUs on your machine, or if you have multiple threads within each CPU, you can make use of these threads to do work in parallel. Right. But they all sit within one machine. That's parallel proving. Then the next step is distributed proving, where you have machines that are geographically distributed all around the world, and they're separated by the, the networking layer. Mm -hmm. And here what you need is basically these small proofs that can be communicated fast so that you can distribute the work. 
and this is like a distributing distributing the sequencer, distributing the validator of a of a layer two similar conversation. Yes. Um, well, here is about distributing the, the prover, right. and the, the the key thing about distrib distribution versus decentralization is that there's only one prover that's, mm -hmm. that's distributed, whereas in the decentralized model, it's a untrusted right. kind of coordination of provers right. um, that ultimately help build this this mega proof. Right. And the idea of a decentralized ZK rollup is that ultimately we want anyone to be able to generate a proof. Yes. But right now that's still too costly, too expensive because just that's the state of things we're in. Right. So Novak kind of helps in two ways. One is that it's a, this constant optimization by 10x. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that it makes it much, much simpler to have this best-in-class decentralized proving where a thousand nodes, let's say, that don't trust each other can all combine work to ultimately form a, a final proof. How, that's, a, I think, a new part of uh, ZK Rollup for me is uh, multiple different uh, P, uh, computers, nodes coming together to produce a proof. Right. How does that fit into a ZK Rollup? Where, where does that fit? Right. So the, the, the ZK Rollups have the same kind of infrastructure as, as the layer ones. You mm -hmm. have the, the, the proposers, the attesters, and you have the block builders, which are sometimes called sequences. But there's a new role, mm -hmm. which is the prover. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, this. And th that new role, the prover, comes because it's a ZK rollup, because it's a snark. So the snark of that is a ZK rollup needs to be proved. That's the thing. Yes. So traditionally, the role of prover was subsumed within the block builder. Uh -huh. And the reason is that the block builder needs to do something which is basically compute the state route. Mm -hmm. But now, in addition to computing the state route, there's this other thing that needs to be done, which is to compute the snark. And that is just so much more expensive than computing the state route that it, right. it makes sense to unbundle these two roles. Right. Okay. And so with a ZK rollup, uh, what, what does it mean for many different nodes uh, in a ZK rollup to produce, like, are they, everyone is not, everyone's doing a small snippet of work that gets aggregated, but they're not doing the same work independently, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So... Just to zoom out in terms of why we care to decentralize the prover, right. it's all about liveness. Uh -huh. So let's. So right now, all the zk rollups have a centralized prover right. in AWS or wh whatever it is. If AWS goes down for one hour, mm -hmm. the zk rollup goes down for an hour. Mm -hmm. So we care about this strong kind of World War III grade liveness. So we need to decentralize the prover. And as you said, what we're going to do is we're going to take this whole big block, this um, rollup block. Partition it into small steps, for example, transactions, but maybe even more granular, you know, at the opcode by opcode level, and then have each um, decentralized prover perform their mini proof and then aggregate these mini proofs into a final proof. So uh, in a ZK rollup, the blocks are really big, and we need multiple nodes to process parts of this block in order to submit, create a, a proof that gets submitted down to the Ethereum layer one. And the more nodes we have, the faster that that block can be processed, and the more, and also the liveness of the of the actual rollup increases. Correct? Yes. I mean, even without big blocks, even if you're only doing, let's say, three million gas every twelve seconds, mm -hmm. so fifteen million gas every twelve seconds, which is what the layer one does today, it's still extremely expensive mm -hmm. because the Z, the EVM is not a snark friendly. Right. So we want to combat this unfriendliness of the EVM. But once we've reached that, you're right, we want to increase the gas limit. Or another thing that we want to do is have multiple instances of your virtual machine. And the reason is that 
any given instance of the EVM is going to be bottlenecked by sequentiality. Mm -hmm. So if you take the EVM, for example, it's what's called a single-threaded virtual machine, and so it can only do so much. Uh, so let's say it can do 1,000 transactions a, a second or 10,000 transactions a second. And once we've reached that peak, we've maxed out on the throughput of one single instance of the EVM, it will make sense for these rollups to have multiple instances mm -hmm. of themselves. Okay. And so when you put all of these pieces together, uh, what, what does the, the future of ZK rollups look like before and after this new Nova technology? Right. Um, so I guess Nova is one of the pieces that are going to get us from the present, which is a fully centralized prover uh, on AWS to this kind of utopic future, which will happen in a few years, where um, not only uh, do we have decentralized proving, meaning we have potentially hundreds or thousands of nodes collaborating to form the proof, but we have very high gas limits per instance of the virtual machine, and we have multiple copies of the, uh, of, of, of the rollups to consume all the data availability that, that we have on chain. And when I say that Nova is only one of the pieces, it's like there's, there's other pieces at play. So another very important one is hardware acceleration. Mm -hmm. So if you use uh, GPUs, it turns out you can get a lot of hardware acceleration. But the step after GPUs is actually to build an ASIC where you get another 10x mm -hmm. improver performance. And all these pr prover optimizations compound on each other and we're going to need all of them to, to get to where we want to be. Right. And when I think when people hear the term ASIC, they think Bitcoin mining. But this is not what we're doing. You, only one node needs one ASIC to do the job. You don't, need a, you don't need a wall or farm of ASICs, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we, we have what's called an honest minority assumption. We just need one prover to be online and, and participating uh, and to produce the proof to have liveness. And so... Um, one of the things that we want in these proven networks is some amount of redundancy. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, 100 to 1 redundancy. It could be 1,000 to 1. So 100 to 1 means that even if 99% of all the provers in the world just suddenly go offline, the, Z the ZK rollup still keeps on progressing forward. Okay, so we are currently in, uh, we have some ZK EVMs, Polygon, ZK Sync are live on mainnet. Uh, Scroll is coming soon. The costliness of these provers are extremely high and there's only one because of how high they are and that's the current state of things um, with uh, with further optimizations of each one of their own tech stack you get some improvements with this new nova cryptography mechanism you also get some improvements with moving from gpus to to asics we also get some improvements can you put some numbers on these things like so we're going from some amount of block space in the zk evm world right and then there's in like all you aggregate all of these uh, innovations together and we get a different number of how much like total block space there is is there any sort of like how much magnitude more block space do we get out of as a result of all of these things right 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 um so I guess one, one metric that we could be looking at is the, the cost per transaction of doing the proving. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, we're on the order of one cent. So it's actually not, not that high. And with all the optimizations, we'll get it down to you know, 
noise. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to, to actually answer your question around the, the, the total throughput of the system, the, the, the really cool thing is that it's, it scales horizontally. Mm. So the more people come in, the more fees are being paid, the proven network can actually grow organically. Mm. Um, it's like a natural scaling mechanism. It's a natural, exactly. It's a natural scaling mechanism. And I think the, the main cost that we're paying right now is kind of this, this somewhat subtle thing is the lack of decentralization, mm. whereby you know, we're, we're trusting these centralized provers uh, for, 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 for liveness. And one of the things that ultimately we want to do at layer one within Ethereum is snarkify the EVM itself, the layer one EVM, and, and build a so-called enshrined rollup. Um, and in order to get to that you know, holy grail, we need, uh, we, you know, we need to do all the hard engineering work. So all the stuff that the rollups are doing, the non-entrained rollups, will ultimately be useful for the layer one as well. Okay. Okay. So with with the cryptography conversations that are happening here at Zuzalu, um, the, this whole Nova thing, we are, we've applied this to the zk rollups into block space into just reducing costs and growing growing efficiency and all that kind of stuff. Are there other verticals that this? new Nova technology can apply to? Yes. So, like, generally speaking, Nova is an, an improvement to the, the ZKP world, the SNOC world. And in my opinion, SNOCs are just going to completely change the world. For blockchain specifically, we've talked about scalability, but it also is, has a massive impact for, for, for privacy. But even zooming out outside of the, 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 the blockchain world, you know, we're trusting entities to, to, to do computation for us all the time. You know, we make a Google search, we get some sort of answer. We have no idea on the, um, you know, the validity of, 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 of this answer. Um, and so one of the possible futures is, is actually that the blockchain space builds so-called coprocessors to the main processors. So every time you have, for example, a CPU in your phone or a CPU in the cloud, that can be accompanied by a piece of hardware, a coprocessor, that does all the proving work in real time to prove that the processor's work is valid and then ultimately generate a, a snark proof. In, in this world, what does an invalid processor look like? Like, what, 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 what's the utility here? Right. So one kind of very technical thing, which doesn't really happen in practice, is, okay, what if there's a bug in the CPU? That has happened, you know, uh, sometimes, but it's extremely rare. But the, the, the bigger threat model is basically that... Um, you know, it's just this, this trusted uh, operator problem, mm. trusted third party. You know, m- maybe your banker is giving you your correct balance on your bank account, but maybe it's not. Maybe it just removed a few zeros or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so when you go and open your mobile banking app, you actually have a mathematical proof that this is indeed your balance as opposed to having to trust your banker. So the idea, I think what you're trying to say is with this new Nova technology, we can, we can apply it to crypto, but then also there's ways to apply it in the rest of the world just because it's more, it's cheaper to run this thing, it's che- cheaper to operate, and so we can start applying more trustless principles in areas outside of crypto. Right. Um, and, 
you know, the, I think the end game will be that these these uh, coprocessors will be roughly a hundred times the size and consume roughly a hundred times the power of the processor. So you know, mm. it is there is still a cost uh, there, but right now we're talking more about you know ten thousand x overhead or hundred thousand x overhead, and so that really limits the number of applications that mm -hmm. snarks are being used for to the the most high value ones. And every time we remove an order of magnitude, we're opening up the the the, the design space and I think just like progressively the internet has been eating the world every time you increase bandwidth by 10x um, snarks are going to eat the world every time you reduce the prover cost by 10x so how, how big of a deal this whole Nova thing yeah how big of, in the cryptography world how like excited what, what what are the level of it what's the level of excitement from the cryptographers like okay, for because because for the normal people like like me who doesn't, doesn't understand this thing it's like okay i take this at face value justin's excited but like is how the whole cryptography community like how excited are they like can we can we rate this on a scale of one to ten um so the applied cryptographers here in zuzalu i think are very excited okay. i'm gonna say you know uh, eight out of ten. Okay. When they came here, I think it was more like a five or six out of ten. Okay. And all the presentations that have been done, all the sharing of ideas, people were like, "Oh wow, you know, we can actually combine these clever ideas." And actually, some new ideas came through mm. uh, at, at at the various workshops. Um, so, but in in the history of cryptography, like, where does this stand on like breakthroughs? Would you call this a breakthrough? It's definitely a breakthrough for the applied cryptographers, especially people who want to build real-world applications. Okay. Um, of course, you know, if you if you really zoom out over the multi-decade, there's like improvements to the asymptotics. So you might have like a, a quadratic prover versus a linear prover. That's like a huge improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, you know, as I said, we're, we, we've reached the optimal point from an asymptotics, and it's all about improving the constants. Um, mm. And... In my, as I see it, Nova is optimal from a both an asymptotic and a constant standpoint for snarks that are using curves, elliptic curves. Okay. So this is the end of the road for the the the, the, the proof system, or very very close at least. Like the the theoretical max of what we could get. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so, the, with the many different ways to scale blockchain, cryptography is one of them. You're saying that Nova is the theoretical max of the cryptography side of that equation for scaling a blockchain. Uh, yes, specifically for this this proving of statements and ultimately yeah. generating a small proof that can be verified by a blockchain, yeah. So now it's just like a matter of building the, the infrastructure around Nova to support it, make it better, refine it. Yes. But Nova's the deal. Um, y yes, I mean, th th I think there's going to actually be a bifurcation mm -hmm. of two types of snarks. There's going to be the so-called curve-based snarks, like mm -hmm. like like Nova, and there's going to be the hash-based snarks, uh, you know, like like stocks and and, and fry-based uh, things. Um, and the 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 jury is still out because the 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 underlying cryptographic assumptions are pretty different, and that has implications from a performance standpoint. But I think what will happen is that we will see both explored in parallel, and both are extremely promising. Um, one of the good things about the hash-based stuff is that it's post-quantum. Mm. So from an endgame perspective, that's kind of the, the most natural way to lean right. Uh, right now. But it turns out that... Um, you can generalize Nova to use so-called lattice-based commitments. It's a little bit technical, but basically it's the equivalent of curves, but they're post-quantum. Okay. 
So there's there's future proof is is the way to read that. There's a potential roadmap to future proofing Nova, but right now the details haven't been fleshed out. Okay. That always kind of seems to be where conversations with cryptography leave is like, there's potential road, we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, at least for the curves, you know, we've reached something optimal from a, from a constant standpoint. Yeah. So Justin, here at Zuzalu, there's just been, the idea of Zuzalu, one of the big ones is cross-pollination, like get all the brains together, get them to talk. Um, how's that just going for you? Talk about your experience here at Zuzalu. Right. Um, I mean, I, I've had a few kind of mind-blowing moments, <laughs> just meeting people that I was not expecting to meet. Um, I mean, one within crypto, you know, there's there's like, for example, Lev, who's very much interested in FHE, mm -hmm. and you know, he's very much interested in moon math, like witness encryption, um, and. Um, there's various other people like him, but outside of the cryptography world, um, it turns out I've learned of two different projects to build uh, stable coins that are backed by central banks of governments, of nation states. Hmm. Um, and hmm. these seem to be like serious projects, um, one of which is Montenegro. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I got to meet, you know, the most likely, um, you, know, you know, candidate to being the prime minister of Montenegro. Uh, and, you know, people as part of his team, and they've been working on this crypto law for a very long time, mm -hmm. and it seems to be a very serious and interesting project. Yeah, uh, I am interviewing Mickey in a couple days here. Oh, uh, excellent, yes. so this will be a featured content on the Zuzalu track. Amazing. Yeah, uh, who else do you think I should interview while I'm here, if you have any, if you had to pick? Right, so for the second uh, fiat stable coin backed by a central bank, I've been told to not... Uh, leak the alpha, yeah. but I can tell you privately, I guess, and then you can ask them if, uh, if they want to be interviewed. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a, the, a central bank stablecoin. There's only so many central banks to go around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for guiding us through the world of uh, ZK cryptography, and also I hope you enjoy your time here at Zuzalu. Yeah, thanks, David. Cheers.